we like to welcome everybody to the G-Beds. My name is J.R. Niklos. Alongside me is my partner in crime, Elliot Ivory. What's up, dog? What up, what up, world? Elliot Coaches, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Welcome to the best sports podcast you ever heard in your life. If you're not getting right. better, you're getting worse. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say that, man. You That's kinda... always coming. And you know what, you man? You said it in the beginning. I wasn't ready for it. No, nah, it, it had to come. Because, you know, ever since, it can, it seems like the, the energy of the world, ever since we started doing this G, G-Bed podcast, um, it seemed like I've been faced with more and more adversity every day to see if I'm getting better every day. And I just realized how much of a savage, that much more of a savage I've been becoming every day since I've been doing this G-Bed podcast with you. Shoot, ain't that the truth, man? Literally, if you just stay the same, what are you getting? Worse. Worse. What a E at the end, not a T. <laughs> All right, so... We have a special guest, and I say all the guests are special because we're only bringing out the best of the best. And this is a guy that emailed me about six years ago, I want to say about five years ago, asking for an internship. Random email. He said he was 18th string left guard at Oswego East High School. Damn. He came on board, and he has done amazing things since then. Uh, Gus Ramos is in the house. What's up, Gus? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Guys, no, we're man, super we appreciate you. No, I appreciate you guys. Before me, Boom had zero championships, and now you guys have like 33, right? That might be the X Factor in the, in, the, uh, in the branch. Hey, but guess we got like 39, so don't disrespect us. I'm sorry. I was counting high school tournaments, not futures. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> you said boom. All right. So, so Gus's background, he did play a little – at Oswego East High School, if you look at his huddle highlights, he's got three clips on there. Uh, <laughs> he played left guard, correct, Gus? <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then soon thereafter, he did an internship for Boom for our sports media director, and we hired him right away because um, he just yeah. did a fantastic job. He covered all of our athletes. He put us on the map. And there's a funny story on how we actually came about it. Uh, our first year, Edgy Tim and all these guys were featuring guys that weren't on our team. We were kind of like the under-the-radar, underdog-type kids. So we encouraged Gus to start spotlighting them. And we actually called them Edgy Gus. And he started promoting our athletes, and it was creating a huge following and a huge buzz. And coaches were following them, college coaches were. And then from there, Gus really just took off. I mean, two years later, what, 24-7 sports? Hired Gus to cover the Midwest, to cover Illinois, and now he currently covers Northwestern. He has also worked for the U.S. Army All-American Games. They're scouting, they're marketing, and doing all the stuff for them. So we got a special one with us, and he's going to go into all the stuff about exposure and getting stars and all that stuff. We had Clint really talk about what college coaches are looking for, but it also helps to get that exposure out and have these guys write about you, which Gus will get into as well. Right, Gus? Absolutely. All right, so right off the bat, you know, that's one of the biggest questions that I get from any athlete is how do I get stars? I need stars. They want stars more than they want offers, it seems like. They want that first star, second star, third star, and then when they get the third star, they're still hungry for the fourth star and then the fifth star. 
give us some insight on how we get stars. So the easiest way to get stars is you just have to be a beast. We don't go ranking people just off their name or just because they have an offer from a specific school. We have to see the athlete in person or see their film. So one way you can get ranked is by going to events like seven-on-seven tournaments, your high school events. Uh, If you play and you go to, like, different combines and whatnot, like the National Combine or the Best of the Midwest Showcase, if there's a 24-7 sports scout there, they can have you ranked within a week of your performance. But but what do those rankings mean, Gus, um, to the athletes? So when you get – you guys – you have a criteria, you see an athlete, and you see him perform at one of these events. How do you decide he's a one-star, he's a two-star, he's a three-star, he's a four-star, et cetera? Okay, so we have a breakdown of it. You're given a score every time you're ranked. It's between zero and 101. If you're 100 to 98, that window, that means you're a five-star prospect. That means we believe you're one of the top 30 players in the entire country at your position. A four-star prospect, again, is the top 300 players in the country. So that's the elite-level guys who will go on the play in the Under Armour game, the Polynesian Bowl, the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. A three-star is the top 10% players in the country. So guys who will be D1 starters, D2 starters, who will have successful careers, will have a chance to play on Sundays. And then everything below that is a two-star. So that's a 79 and below. These are still guys who will play in college. We just know, don't know how much pro potential they ultimately have. Yeah, for the record, I was a zero star. You're always a 10 star in my eyes, JR. You know, but, you know, I had to prove them wrong. And I like looking back. I got a little media guide of all the five stars, the four stars. And it's kind of like, where are they at now? They flipping burgers at McDonald's. And, yeah. um, you know, I use it as motivation. I wanted to play in the NFL longer than all those guys. And that's. That's what I did. I mean, I, I like chips on the shoulder. I mean, it creates that. If I was a five-star, I mean, I think it's kind of hard if you're a five-star because then you have everything to lose. And and we've seen that. There's a lot of pressure when you are a five-star to perform. And I've seen a lot of five-stars just go in the tank because of that. And I'm sure you have too, Gus. Yeah, so absolutely. So to become a five-star each year, you're held to the standard of the guys who've come before you. So now it's really hard to get that fifth-star ranking because – so Davion Clowney was a five-star in high school, and that dude was a freak. He was 6'4", 235 pounds at 16 years old. So we won't just give that fifth-star ranking unless they, we truly believe they've earned it and they've gone out and proven it on a weekly basis that they are one of those elite 30 prospects in the country. This year in particular, people always talk about five-star quarterbacks. There's not a five-star quarterback in the country for the class of 2018 in our eyes at 24-7 sports. There's a lot of good quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong, but no elite quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Rose, and all those guys who come before them. And that's just a standard that's been set. Until someone can prove they're the elite guy, they're not going to get that fifth-star ranking. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people don't see because every year during the Super Bowl, they tally up how many five-stars are playing in the Super Bowl and how many two- or three-stars. And it's always like an abundance of two, three-stars, which somebody tries to prove to the fact that None of these five stars actually make it to the NFL. But on the flip side, not a lot of people actually get that fifth star. So it doesn't really tell the whole truth, right? Absolutely. So there's something called the composite ranking. And that's the average between the ESPN rankings, the 24-7 sports rankings, and the rivals rankings all put together. So you could be a five star according to rivals. 
but 24-7 sports and ESPN could have you as a four-star. So your composite score will be the average, which will be a 4.5. So that'll put you as a four-star. So some guys, it looks nice on paper. They say, oh, he was a three-star. A lot of these guys were four-stars in high schools by our service or by one of the other major services. But in the overall average, they just averaged out to be a little lower. The people that say stars don't matter and rankings don't matter, what's your opinion on that? Do you like to be known as the best at what you do? Heck yeah, winners win, baby. Absolutely. We like to show who the best of the best are. These rankings change on a regular basis. A lot of people think that once the rankings come out, that say we don't adjust them. These things get adjusted on a daily basis. There's different windows for guys to rise and fall. That's why if you get selected to play in one of these All-American games or you get invited to the opening or one of these big events, you get to prove that you're the number one guy what you do. There's some guys who don't play high-level high school football against the best competition, but this when they go to these events, it's their opportunity to show, hey, I'm a beast wherever I go. I don't care whether you're from California, Chicago, or Miami, Florida. If you're a beast, you're going to show it, and that's how you'll find out how good you really are. So let me ask you this. Does 24-7 sports just go off your opinion, or is it like you say, hey, this kid is a four-star, and you may have three of your other counterparts or colleagues, they may be like, they may be like, nah, he's a two-star, he's a three-star. Do you guys argue and go back and forth about um, seeing a kid and where he ranks on that spectrum? Absolutely. So we have national directors. You guys all know Steve Wolfong. He's a national director for scouting for 24-7 sports. But we also have different guys in different regions of the country because Steve can't go to all 50 states and see every kid in the country. So we'll report back to them. We'll have weekly meetings or conference calls where we'll discuss a specific region of the country or a specific guy at that time or class. A guy like Denver Warren, who was a zero star, didn't even have a profile two years ago when he went to Under Armour. We made a profile for him shortly after. Denver's a national name now because on that day, a scout saw him and everyone could see, okay, he's the real deal. Let me learn more about Denver after that. See, and stuff like that, like before – Probably because I was a zero star. I was so anti, quote unquote, media exposure and all that stuff. And it wasn't until we played Pylon Youngstown tournament and a kid by the name of Isaiah Robertson, zero star, zero offers. He just lit it up. He dominated. Nobody could stick him. We were playing Penn State commits and all these top five stars. And Josh Himble, which is one of the top guys of rivals, immediately. Josh is awesome. Immediately ranked him a four-star right off the bat. He went from a zero-star to four-star. Within a week, he had ten offers. Like, it was crazy. And then I'm like, shoot, I was so anti this stuff. But this stuff actually works. Like, if you show out and somebody ranks you, it actually works. And what I saw on Twitter, somebody from Northwestern, or maybe the running back coach, tweeted out, stars don't matter. Don't even waste my time telling me how many you got. But – I would beg to differ. There are some colleges that pay attention to this, and I'm sure you have some experience with that as well. Do you talk to colleges? Do you communicate with them? Does some of your colleagues talk to colleges? Yeah, so we talk to college coaches on a regular basis, whether it's our national guys or just guys who cover a specific college or a region. Some college coaches take great pride in saying, I have signed the past six five-stars. The number one player from my state comes to my school every year. They take great pride in it, and those are the bigger programs. So I know for a fact Ohio State takes great pride in saying we've recruited 
12 of the top 50 players in the entire country this year because then they can go back. Because I heard when you talked to Clint about job security, they can try to leverage their jobs and say, hey, we recruited the top classes year in and year out. Some schools the data. really care. And in other schools, if they're not the biggest name program or if they just recruit a different style because each coaching staff has their own particular player they like. They're not in, in it for stars. They just have what fits their system. They don't pay as much attention to it. Yeah, and I, I've seen some colleges, or I've heard some colleges actually get bonuses for recruiting certain level of stars. So obviously it's that. What about when they miss or a bust? What about the five stars that go to these schools or the highly ranked kids or being ranked the number one wide receiver in the country and the number one wide receiver in your state? And then you look down the road 10 years later and everybody you was ranked above is in the NFL and you're, you, you flipping burgers at McDonald's. You had McBubs. What about the, what about when you miss those guys? Yes. Yeah, What's that process like? Do you guys have conversations? Do you follow up? And do you look at um, some of the mistakes you made evaluating? Or do you just say, hey, the kid just peaked? No. So we'll definitely go back and look at some of the guys we've ranked highly in the past. And that sometimes will hurt the guys who come after them because then you'll think, mm, is that just another kid from Idaho? Is that just another wide receiver from Chicago, Illinois? Is he going to end up busting? So we'd look really closely at it. The rankings are not finalized each class until the very last signing period is when we're officially done. We won't look at them anymore, and then that'll be it. And then you'll go back in a couple months or a couple years and say, wow, what did we have him rank? So everyone loves to talk about the Baker Mayfield story, that he was a zero star. Baker Mayfield was a three star by every recruiting service. So now people kind of kick themselves in the foot. But being a three star doesn't mean you're not going to play in the NFL. We just believe someone – who might be 6'5", has a more of a stature to make that long push to the NFL. Now, with that, a lot of people, especially when I talk to high school coaches or people in the football fields, they say recruiting media as a whole or a portion of it aren't properly able to evaluate talent. What's their resume? What, what are their backgrounds? In defense, what, what would you say to those people? Half our staff has gone on to play in college. A lot of guys evaluate talent on a regular basis. Not every high school coach in the country played high school football or didn't play on Sunday. So their evaluation or their critique of scouts is going to be different than someone who actually sees what they what we do on a regular basis. We're watching film. We're at probably more college camps than the high school coaches and actually see these guys compete on a regular basis because we have access to go to training facilities, to talk, to not just the high school coaches, but the people they surround themselves with. So trainers like what Mike Nicholas does at Acceleration and Jeff, scouts get the opportunity to get feedback from everyone else. So it's not just a one-day evaluation. It's a long process that people spend a long time on looking at it. But you have compare and contrast from a national level is huge. I I know when I first started coaching and stuff, I, I would promote every athlete I trained like they should be going to Alabama until I really started to go over to Florida, to Texas, to California, and all these other pockets. And then you had a better idea where your guys stand. Because it's one thing to be the best in the area. It's another thing to be the best in the nation. You don't realize that the best in the area, there's somebody in every single pocket that's the best in the area. So I think it does help that you guys travel so much because you compare and contrast 
every athlete from every different region. It helps if you see them at so many different venues because then there might be a guy who's a one-hit wonder. He kills it at his local Nike regional camp, and then you never hear about him again. So there's some guys who just have a day, and then there's other guys who you see every couple weeks at a different event who just kill it. And those are the guys we like to rank because we're not into ranking guys who go to camps or go to events and just hang out, that they're not actually working out. They're not doing the event. So that's a huge disappointment to us if we spend time to go out and we want to see the number one quarterback in the country. throw. We want to see the best running back in California compete. So if they're not competing, it's not going to help them go up in the rankings at all. A lot of guys always ask, hey, how come I'm not going up? You just didn't work out. You were just at an event. You had an opportunity to go show me what you can do, and you chose not to work out. So what about the uh, the camp superstars, though, I like the combine superstars, the kids that may just have a little more athleticism, may be faster, stronger, look the part, and then when the underwear all Americans, underwear all Americans, and then they get on the field and you look at their huddle and they're totally boo boo. But you you've already seen them. Let's say Gus, for an instance, you went on a, a camp circuit and you seen this kid that's six two two fifteen running a a four five forty, just killing it at these three camps. And you say, hey man, this guy is a three star, maybe a four star in my eyes. He's killing it at every camp he goes to. And then he comes around in that football season and you guys put him down as a three-star and his footage looked like a negative three-star. How do you go about that? So the, like, the rankings change on a regular basis. Sometimes your rankings will just completely have a 180 and you'll go down. You might keep it for a little while, but unless you can consistently prove that you've deserved your ranking, it's not going to stick. So a lot of kids might get ranked when they're younger based off the potential we see they're good if they're going to grow into their body, if we think, oh, he's going to get faster by the time he's a senior. Um, if he hasn't hit that potential, we haven't seen the improvement, then he won't be ranked anymore. It'll go away, and he'll just be another guy in the system. We have a lot of players in the 24-7 sports system who don't who don't have a ranking. They don't have a, an offer or anything. It's just based off guys who've had a good day. So if you go on the Illinois rankings, you'll see there's some guys that don't even have a picture because they just had their name mentioned one day. If you're not a guy who stands out on a regular basis, people aren't going to take the time to keep looking you up and seeing if they want to keep evaluating you. Yeah, so how do you even get – and I get this a lot from the younger kids. I'm sure you get emailed probably 15, 20 times a day from younger kids. What is the best way, easiest way, if you're not just a standout at these camps, how else can you get – just a profile on 24-7 sports or rivals or any of these or scouts. So you can ask your local or your area reporter who's ever in charge of doing your area. So in Illinois, that was me. If I were to get an email, they could submit me their information, and then I could do it myself. Or there's a national website. So if you do recruit247sports.com, you could submit your information to be considered to have a profile. And then you guys just look at it and kind of see if this kid has potential. Yeah, so- yeah, there. so they have to submit their huddle. They have to submit the camps they've been to. It makes it real easy because if they're lying, you can catch it right away because you can go back and look at a camp roster or you can look at an event. If this kid says, oh, I was the MVP of the Boom Showcase, and you go back and look, actually, no, you weren't. That was somebody else. It's real easy to sift out the guys who are serious about this and the guys who just want the profile so people can look at them. So how often do you catch kids up like that? Do you, you see a comment of kids uh... – being lying about like their height, weight, profile information. Absolutely. So a lot of guys 
are always saying, oh, I'm 6'2", 185, and then you get them on a scale, and they're 160 pounds soaking wet. So the best way for us in our system, way to it, we're partnered with the National Combine, and every kid who participates in the National Combine or goes to one of these all-star events has to be measured in and weighed in before anything starts. So you can justify everything you've said about them in the past. So there's some guys who will show up down there and be like, well, you didn't match up what you had on your huddle or your film. So it's just another way for you to uh, prove that you're right or wrong. Or you can ask the guys who they train with to say, hey, is this guy really running that time? Do you got footage or can you show me or can I go in and watch myself? So you guys do a consistent effort to just validate what they're reporting and what is, is labeled. Correct. And I've seen some that, you know, how can they update it? Because I've seen some athletes that, you know, are listed at 6'2", 210, which was their freshman year. Now they're 6'3", 240. Same thing. Do they just contact their local recruiter and have them update it? Absolutely, yeah. The players have no access in updating any of their information. It's only the staff. So if a guy tries to say, oh, I need all my offers updated, an actual member of 24-7 sports is the only person who has the power to adjust all that. And then now, and this is kind of like the wave here. It's big early on in – with the kids in Texas and Cali. I mean, we go down and, and we play in an eighth grade middle school tournament and there's kids with sleeve tattoos and mustaches. And you know, they're probably 18 in their eighth grade, but now it's starting to come up here, reclassifying, really giving yourself an advantage age wise. So if I'm 17, now I'm playing against 16 year olds, 15 year olds. What is your opinion on reclassifying and if you do reclassify when should you do it do you do it late like there's some seniors that do it now and then reclassify back to the junior and some some kids actually reclassify when they're in fifth or sixth grade so i've seen it a lot more common now that i've moved around up to a couple of states i didn't realize how common it was in the northeast or in the southern states as compared to the midwest i'd only known a handful of kids who ever even attempted to reclassify um Everyone has their own opinion of it. Really, just depends on the specific situation. Some guys will reclassify because of an injury that they feel that they need a full extra season to show what they're really about. But at the end of the day, a college coach can only evaluate you for so long. Some schools or some states won't let you reclassify or play in specific conferences if you're too old, if you don't hit the requirement. So, a, someone, if Calvin Ridley was a first round draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons. He reclassified when he was a sophomore in high school, but then he couldn't play in certain playoff games because he was too old and he broke the district policy. So they just have to be really smart about it. And then I believe if you're going to do it, you should get get it out of the way. There's no point of playing six seasons of high school football. You can only play so many snaps on the Friday before you have so much wear and tear on your body. I think if you're a junior and you're in it to say, oh, I need one more shot at getting looks, you're better off just going to junior college or a prep school, not so much trying to reclassify and replay another full season of high school football. But you would you would agree that eighth grade. Oh, yeah, I believe year. seventh grade and eighth grade is that best window. It's another opportunity to hit a growth spurt. So if you think you're due for a big growth spurt and you just haven't hit it and you want to hold off, some guys do it because they know they're going to have the potential to be a four-year starter at whatever high school they want to go to. So it just buys them more time to develop and get ready so by the time they do get a chance, they can be a freshman starting on varsity. Now, do you think college coaches look down on reclassifying, or do they don't care? Uh, I think for them, they're just interested in the player you're going to be 
by the time you're a senior. So if you hold off a couple of years or one season, it's not going to bother them as much. But for the older guys who choose to wait on it, they're going to have some more questions on why it was why they decided to do it at that point. Is there more than just, oh, I want an extra season? Did you do something to get in trouble? Are your grades not right? So the longer you wait, the more questions you're going to hear about it. So if you do it younger, people might not even know you reclassified. I could see a value of going to a prep school. And now when even they go to prep schools, they quote-unquote reclassify. But junior film and sophomore film is so important now. If you don't have that proper sophomore and junior film and you dominate your senior year, it almost doesn't even matter, you know, because it's so far ahead. Those offers that you could earn are already given out, but they're already out on the table. So I have seen, especially around here, a lot of seniors now going to prep schools because you don't lose a year eligibility when you go to prep school. You you lose it when you go to a JUCO. Now, so I see that, and he had to go to prep school because when he was a senior, he was 5'8", 155 as a cornerback. Nobody was going to give him an offer. He went to a prep school, got his weight up to 170, 180, and then he gets an offer. So I think there's some rare circumstances that that can benefit you as well. And now you just see people are just doing whatever they can just to promote themselves to get to the next level. Yeah, I agree. But um, I'm, I, I think also reclassifying, I, I'm on the other side. I think it's good because mature, maturity-wise, a lot of kids start acclimating to the game differently. The, the older they get, the more mature they get, and they understand the game differently. Um, and it's not just about the skill set, but it's just about the development of their brains and understanding the game better and being able to um, read defenses better, offenses, be- offenses better, et cetera. But then you're just going to get everybody starting to reclassify. So then only the kids that don't reclassify are the ones that are going to be hurt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, survival of the fittest, baby. So I've never known of an offensive lineman to reclassify. It's normally – a quarterback, some it's sometimes it's a handful of wide receivers and defensive backs. For quarterbacks, I can see why they might do it a little, why they're more keen to doing it. They want to fully grow into their bodies if they really feel that they're one of those elite guys who's going to play meaningful snaps early on. They want to make sure, like Elliot said, that they're big enough to take the wear and tear and that they're not just going to be a deer in the headlights when they get their first snap, that they're going to be competitive right out of the gates. Now, moving forward, you also worked for the U.S. Army all-American Bowl, which is no longer the U.S. Army, just called the All-American Bowl, correct? correct? It's the, just the All-American Bowl. Yes. Um, what is the selection process for that? So now do you guys just – I know they're partnered with 24-7 Sports. So what was the selection for somebody to get in an All-Star game? So the way you're selected to play in the, all, the All-American Bowl is there's a committee. It consists of different members who work for All-American games, members – of the national staff at 24-7 Sports and a couple other handful of people. There's regional scouts in your area. So I know the guy in the Midwest, his name's Matt Lauer. The committee will have weekly conference calls and they'll talk about guys they've seen or through all these camp circuits, they'll wait to hold off invites because you can only invite 100 kids to go down to San Antonio. So they'll hold off in a specific position or there's a lot of recruiting that goes into it. So if they really want, a quarterback, but they know they can only take six, they'll hold out late to invite one of those elite kids that they want. So you just have to be a monster. They always shoot to have the top 100 kids in the composite. That's always the goal to have the top 
Last year they had 19 of the top 25, and then this year I think they're up to 21 of the 25, and two of them aren't even playing in a game. So it's just a different animal to get invited to play one of those. They don't even look up here, it seems like, for those selections. I can't remember. I mean, maybe there's one every couple years. So there's always – they try to shoot to have at least one from every state. Last year the Illinois representative was Luke Ford, the big tight end who's going to Georgia. He goes to Cartersville. And he got invited to the game after uh, going to the Nike opening and crushing it there. He went to the Under Armour camp, was a monster there, and got invited to that game. So it's just depending on what you do and you come out of the woodworks and just have a day. Now I would assume there's probably some fighting going on between the All-American Bowl and the Under Armour Bowl. I mean, they're probably fighting over the same kids. How do they convince a kid that one All-Star game is better than the next? It's like the same way when you get recruited to go to Ohio State or Michigan. Some guys take great pride in knowing the guys who come before them. If you're a Notre Dame guy, guys who go to Notre Dame, Jimmy Clausen playing the All-American Bowl, there's just different guys each year. If you're a quarterback and you go to USC, more than likely you've played in the All-American Bowl. Mark Sanchez, Cody Kessler, JT Daniels, and Sam Darnold. So it's just different tactics. If you want to play on a national stage – you go play in one of these games. I know e- the Under Armour game is featured on ESPN2 or ESPNU every year. The All-American Bowl is featured on NBC on primetime each every the first Saturday of every year. So it just depends what game and what type of setting. Or if you want to play with your buddies, sometimes your buddy doesn't get invited to play in a specific All-Star game. So you just say, oh, you know what, I'll hold off. I'll just go play in that game. Now with all these – all-star games. I mean, there's an oversaturation of invite-only camps, all-star games. What's your opinion on the selection of it? And, you know, obviously the, the studs can go to all of them. What should a elite athlete, a four- or five-star, actually just focus on attending? Because you can get pretty worn down by going to every single one. What are the best ones around? So – Obviously, I'm probably biased, but I believe the All-American Bowl is like the premier one because only 100 kids can be invited each year. The opening, now that it's moved to Texas, that's always a huge deal. Just guys will hold out and just do the regional camp and then go to the opening, and then they'll call it a wrap for the summer. Um, If you play in those elite national caliber seven-on tournaments, that's another thing, too. Some guys will only play one tournament of the year, and they'll say, I held out to go to – to Adidas Nationals, I held out to go to IMG Nationals just to go on and compete. And those are another way to get recruited. A lot of guys will pony up with some of their buddies, elite guys, and say, hey, come play on my team. So you'll see a mix of guys from Georgia, Florida, and California all play on one super team. There's another opportunity to compete and see how well they gel with specific guys. To get to that point, you have to actually start, you know, from the bottom. And actually, you know, I know a lot of our guys, when they attend the Best of the Best Showcase, that leads to maybe a, an opening invite or a rival's invite or something like that. So so I'm at the bottom. I want to eventually be a U.S. Army, just an All-American Bull, All-American. Where do I start? Just going to more elite, in, non-invite only, so open invite camps and then working my way up from there, or is there another path? Yeah, you can do that, or you can reach out to your regional director and see what events they're going to be at. They go to so many different things that if you have a day in front of him 
and he watches your film. He's like, wow, we need this guy. He goes to tell the committee. He can recommend different camps that aren't so exclusive. And if he says, hey, we're going to invite one guy who wins the MVP of this specific in, of this event, you can earn your invite that way. Sometimes they'll go to your school and they'll see you work out. So it just depends what type of caliber athlete you are and the guys you decide to communicate with. So can I buy my stars? No. You can't because you're like a 5'9 DB. I'm 5'11. 5'11, Gus. Forehead is probably puts you up to 5'11. 5'9 regular, though. 5'11 is 5'11. All right. So is there a lot of politics you feel exactly. that goes on for the stars? That's, I think that's what he's saying. Do you feel like there are, there, there's politics everywhere? Is there politics in, when it comes to stars? They try to avoid it as much as possible just because – you get called on it. There's some guys who say, oh, they pick favorites of that specific player or a certain region of the country. Um, it just – it's all different. It's all up for interpretation the way people see it. Some guys believe that uh, other schools get more favoritism than a smaller school or that other states. It just has to – they try to be as consistent and pos- as possible as the guys who come before them. No, I'm just saying from the perspective of we work with athletes, we work with parents, we know how much – uh, how crazy parents are about seeing the success of their children's careers. So once they get a resource and find out, say, hey, Gus Ramos is a resource uh, for 24-7 sports, and he actually worked for the All-American Bowl, let me, because I'm a big-time CEO or I make a billion dollars a year, let me butter his pockets to get little Timmy three stars. So have your pockets ever been buttered? Have mine? No, not mine have not been buttered. So I must be doing something wrong if someone else is getting. But he's almost saying it like mine, like he knows people that have. <laughs> exactly. But just him personally, no. no. Oh, now he's silent. So <laughs> that's we question. might have to think deeper in this. Gus, you don't have to say names. You can say Timmy Tom from 25-8 sports did this. So I've heard. You can you can divulge. I can only speak yeah. for the guys I've been around and the guys I've met. The guys I know do it by the books, and they really like what they do. I've never known of them to take anything like that. So I can only speak for that. The guys I've but associated myself with. But... Have, have, you, have you heard about it in the industry period? Not, not saying that 24-7 sports. It could be rivals or – Scout or anywhere, 25, eight 25, 25 eight sports. But have you ever heard of rumors? Oh of, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, what's his name? Thin crust pizza. I'm sure he's taken something from a parent before they get their kid attention, so he could get by himself another lunch. I'm sure there's wow. some guys who do it, but I'm I've <laughs> never known of a specific instance. And you never heard any stories? No, I've actually never heard of a story. Like I mean, I'm sure it has. I've just never known of a put to a name to a face. So have you heard what about what about also on the other end? Have you heard about athletes getting their pockets buttered? Is this getting too deep? Is this a, you might be scared to ask? It might be getting too deep. It might be getting too Gus, deep. There, there's only like probably like 200, 300 people that are going to listen to this. So you don't have to worry about it getting into the wrong hands. We can open it up. This is just really us three talking. Don't fire Gus Ramos. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. No, he's silent. We got Gus silent. This is the first time Gus has ever been silent in the six years that I've known. I'm, I'm pretty sure Gus kids getting paid. His his face is beats red right now. 
Because it has to happen because there people have got caught, these quote-unquote street agents, mm-hmm. guys that are third-party coaches or trainers getting paid by colleges or college backers or boosters to kind of push recruits to go to colleges. So you can't tell me on the flip side yeah. that in the recruiting industry it's not affected. It is. You, it has to be. It's the way of the world. There's good and there's evil. You won't understand what's good and what's evil unless there's both. Yeah, I just stay in my lane, though, man. I just try to coach my tail off and, and get better every day because if you're not getting better, you're getting, you're worse. getting worse with an E, not a T. It's not a worse. You're getting worse. worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll, let's ask a, a, a question more comfortable okay. to Gus. Yeah, let- okay, as, we, as we close this thing up, we always want to talk about athletes that need more exposure. And first and foremost – from this area or maybe where you're at right now, Gus, are there people that if you were Steve Whitfong or if you were Josh Hemble, that you would increase their stars? You think they're undervalued in their ranking? Uh, I'll go with Julian Love. When Julian Love was in high school, he was ranked the 46th best cornerback in the country. He was the 13th best player in Illinois. And then they said he was – 468 in the country. I don't know 400 kids in the class of 2016 who are better than Julian Love. And I definitely can't name 50 current college DBs who are better than Julian Love. So Julian was a guy who had a great senior year and probably deserved the bump to be an official four-star instead of just a three-star in our ranking. So Julian Love was one of those misses from when he was being recruited. So currently in high school, which athlete do you think a two-star or three-star who deserves a four-star or five-star ranking? A current high school athlete? Because I was going to go another guy from up there, Greg Newsom. I believe he should have been a four-star. I've heard to, I talked to a couple guys who really thought he had the potential to be a four-star, just never fully panned out. He was a super high three-star when he signed with Northwestern. Does that affect wow. – does that affect uh, the stars? Uh, does that play a role? I meant to ask that earlier because it seemed like some of some of the kids who get the the higher offers from like major schools like Ohio State, Alabama, you almost have to. Even if you guys didn't see it, you guys can have them listed as a three star, but you almost have to give them that four star once once some certain schools come knocking and saying, "Hey, we want you." Absolutely, because the stars are – if you're an elite five-star guy, that's someone we think you're going to play on Sundays. If you go play defensive back at Alabama, if you go play quarterback at USC, that obviously puts you in an elite threshold to have a higher chance to play on Sundays. So that does that does play a factor in your overall rankings at the end if we think they're going to fully get that opportunity to play in college. So you guys piggyback. Basically what you're saying is you may piggyback off – what a college sees that you guys may have missed. Yeah, so sometimes it might just be someone who we didn't know about at the time, but then after they've picked up steam, we'll do more of our homework on them and say, okay, yeah, they are one of the best guys in the country or the best guy in their area. Well, if you commit D1, you automatically get bumped from a zero star to a two star, don't you? No, there's been guys who go D1 and they're still not. Okay, I thought I heard that somewhere. But I've, I've seen even kids – that I feel that if they committed to maybe not a, a quote-unquote elite school, it kind of hurts their ranking or hurts their exposure and all that stuff. I know Cam Mitchell, who, I mean, he toured the nation, and he was, you know, 
top top to bottom one of the best corners we saw on the fields. But he committed to Northwestern, which is not in the big spectrum of things a great football school. I think it's an amazing program. It's an amazing school, but football wise, it's not highly respected across the nation. So I think that kind of hurt him. Whereas even if he held off a little bit longer, it might have helped his whole rankings and stuff. But you know, he's not a kid that really cares about that. So this is regardless of the situation, but I think that hurts kids when they recruit or they commit early as well. Some guys, when they commit, they just shut it down and don't go do anything else anymore. They're just content with where they're going to school. Cam's not a guy who went to the opening, all those unarmored camps. He just chose to do things related to his team. So that is another reason why he might not have as much eyes on him in that type of setting, just because he didn't go to as many things like that. See, those are the kids I like, man. Just kids that just grind. They're not in it for the shine. They're just in it for the grind. Those are the kids that I've seen. Cam wants some high ranking. He needs to play good on Friday nights because he's not even the highest ranked player on his team, on his high school team at Bolingbroke. So he needs to put it all together this fall if he wants to shoot up into the top 10. Right. But is he not the highest rated player just because another team, uh, teammate got Michigan State in the Big Ten instead of Northwestern in the Big Ten? No, he just needs to. Be more consistent and show that he's an elite guy on a regular basis in pads because the rankings aren't just based on what you do in the spring. Now let's Dude. let's talk about the kids that have zero offers, zero stars. And I know through FBU, through the All-American Bowl, you traveled all over the country. So you don't necessarily even need to talk about the kids in Illinois. Give us three athletes, three athletes, if Illinois or Northwestern called you right now, and said, I got an extra offer. We're going to give it to whoever you say. Who are those three athletes? All right, I'm going to go with someone who Elliot is real familiar with. He has FCS offers. I just think he's a power five guy. I saw him play this year once in the state championship, and he took his game to another level. I'm going to go with Diamond Evans, the DB out of Nazareth. Diamond checks all the boxes for me. He's big. He's fast enough to cover the top guys, and he doesn't back away from elite wide receivers. Sometimes there's DBs who will just stay on one side of the field and will avoid covering the other team's best guy. I've never seen that from Diamond. And I saw him in the state championship just take his game to another level when he got a little banged up and he just wanted to finish. He was one of those guys I just think if he gets an opportunity, he's going to be a star. He kind of reminds me of Caleb Newman, the Indiana State DB from a couple years ago. But Diamond's more put together than Caleb was at this time. So he gets my bad stamp of approval, man. That dude is a dog. I think yeah. he's a monster. I think he's going to have a big senior season at Naz. And he should – I think he's the best player on that Nazareth team. No offense to Michael Love or JJ, who should be a monster by the time he's a senior. Okay, two others. Uh, I'm going to go with a kid from the Paul Catholic in New Jersey. His name is Eddie Connor, and he's a wide receiver. He's one of the best wide receivers I've seen for his age. He catches the ball well. He runs good routes. He's got good speed. DePaul Catholic actually makes their freshman team play a varsity schedule seven-on-seven, and they've played in the finals in every tournament they've played in. And this kid is a big reason why. I've seen him compete at, like, four different camps. I just think he's a monster. Eddie Conrad, I think he's on the verge of a school up here offering, so hopefully I get on this one before he blows up. I just think he's going to be the man there. He kind of reminds me of the way Chris Bell was, if you look at pictures of Chris Bell when he was younger, I just think this kid is going to blow up and be one of the best players in New Jersey in a couple of years. He should be 
He's under consideration to be a freshman All-American. That dude is a beast. Going to have to look him up so he can get G-Bed certified. Now, number three, last but not least. All right, I'm going to go Caleb Brown, the wide receiver, incoming at St. Breathe. He's another class of 2022 guys. I just think he's got it all put together right now. And if he stays on the same path and fully grows into his body, he's going to be the next Isaiah Robertson elite wide receiver, Ricky Smalling type guy to come out of Illinois. And I, and I would have to say, I, um, I think he has the potential to be the high, highest recruited kid that we have come out of Illinois in, in a very long time. So I think uh, I think he's going to be more so on the Laquan Trailwell level. And I don't know if my my opinion matters any. Um, I have been I have been dancing in this industry for over eleven years now, but Gus. Um, I think you and your people need to just jump on a on a, on a ball, and and put your stamp of approval on them before this kid blows up. Yeah, I I think he's a monster. And I've already recommended him to play in the freshman All American Bowl. So hopefully he has a monster freshman season at St. Rita, and it just becomes a no brainer invite. He just goes down to Naples and puts Illinois on the map because last year they didn't have a single kid get invited to play in the freshman All American Bowl. We definitely need some more skill athletes. I know. Caleb Miller is now going. He's heading to Canton, Ohio, which is a rival oh, of that's another the U.S. Oh, Army. If he was a little taller, so he's going. He's, he's going to be playing in the Pro Football Hall of Fame All American Eighth Grade All American game this weekend in Canton, and he's special as can be as well. I like yeah, him yeah. a lot too. I just, I'm just going to give the bump up to Caleb Brown because I think he's going to be a national name that everyone talks about in a couple of years. Caleb Miller, though, will be one of those really good guys in Illinois for the next couple of years. You heard it here first. They're going to this or listening to this podcast here in about four years, and they're going to be like, man, this Gus Ramos was on point. So, Gus, before, before we let you go, give the parents your uh, cash app and Venmo information to send you money for some stars. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, give give our listeners the uh, your your social media information. My bad. <laughs> uh, my Twitter handle is at Unbound. Jr. Helped me with that one a couple years ago. Come up with the name and the logo. So it's at Unbound. It's a capital G one and then capital B O U N D. You got anything else? You got a uh, MySpace or anything? No, I don't have MySpace. <laughs> All right. Well, Gus, thank you for being on the show. And and honestly, to our listeners, Gus is probably one of the best in the business. He's authentic. He's real. He's honest. And he busts his tail 24-7 for 24-7 and all the stuff that he does. So whenever there's a question for me that I have regarding anything, Gus is my first call. And I appreciate everything that he's done for our boom athletes and everything he's done for athletes that are under the radar. So thank you for joining us, Gus. I appreciate you guys. There would be no G1 Bound or anything like this if you had never responded to the email because Elliot doesn't even have an email on the company website. So I appreciate you and everything you do because I would have been waiting around for weeks if I had to contact Elliot. Well, (laughs) well, thank thank God. That's why me and JR make the best team. And uh, that's a good one-two punch. Yeah, I but we appreciate you, man. As he said, kind of feel like, um, kind of feel like a stepdad that's seen his son grow up in front of his eyes um, from the age of thirteen to eighteen. I feel like I came in right after you got out of eighth grade, eighth grade, 
graduation and started dating your mom, and then me and you developed our relationship through the four years of high school, and now you're a man. Yeah, because now I'm dead. Cause if it wasn't for me, Boom <laughs> would have no trophies. You're right. Thanks, big guy. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. All right, Mark is out of control. <laughs> We're going to close this out. Thank you for tuning in to the G-Bed Sports Podcast. Stay tuned for next week. We out. Peace.